This is a Mortarbox Media Podcast. For more podcasts and to learn how we can help you create your own, visit mortarboxmedia.com. Hello, welcome to Madison Storyland, the podcast where we hear some great stories, great true stories from some real people telling them based on themes. Tonight, we're hearing tonight. I'm, I'm stuck in show mode because just this weekend we had a live event and it went well. The theme was secondhand. But this episode of the show, we're going to hear from Daniel Rivera. The theme that night that Daniel told this story was scars, and it was wonderful. But before that, something we don't get too often anymore. I'm telling a story from just this weekend. The the theme is secondhand, and I am telling a story about um, a trip to Chicago. So, or really a trip home from Chicago. You should stick around to hear that one. It's my best story. Hey, just want to make you aware of some upcoming dates. May 10th, Friday, May 10th at Nomad World Pub in Madison, Wisconsin. We're helping Midwest Indie Comedy do tragedy plus time equals comedy. Come on out to that show. And then Thursday, I'm sorry, Saturday, May 18th at the Wilmar Center here in Madison, Wisconsin. We have our regularly scheduled Story Slam. The theme is transition, so come tell stories based on that theme. It's going to be a good time. And then our very first Story Slam at our new venue, May 23rd, Thursday, May 23rd at Stateline Distillery in Madison, Wisconsin. The theme is With the Twist. Come tell stories and have a drink with us. All right, without further ado, here is me telling the Belvedere Oasis story. This is the best story I have. (laughs) So, I'm 18 years old. I live in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm a senior in high school. Uh, It's Thanksgiving. I had just started dating this girl named Christy in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. And I would go down to her house just about every weekend, sleep on her parents' couch, and we'd spend the weekend together. Well, it's Thanksgiving weekend this time, so I drive, I I go to my grandparents' house and have like a really early like Thanksgiving Day breakfast with them and my family, and then I'm like, I'm going to Christy's house for the rest of the weekend because it's a long weekend and like we get to be together and it's awesome. And uh, so I, I start driving to Illinois and I suddenly blow a tire on just as I enter into Rockford. So I get, I get over on the side of the road, I get out my tire iron and uh, no, I didn't get out my tire iron. I got out my, the jack and then find that my sister had taken my tire iron so I couldn't change the tire. I sat on the side of the road for three hours because my dad was like, it's Thanksgiving. I'm not coming to help until I finish my Thanksgiving meal. I, I don't blame him. <laughs> but uh, finally, an Illinois toll worker truck comes by and he changes my tire for me. Get down to Illinois. Uh, it is like five o'clock in the evening at this point. Dinner's been over for a while. I ring the doorbell. Her cousin Matthew opens the door and he's four years old and the first thing he does is just punch me right in the crotch. It's a perfect ending to a perfect day. Just can't get any better than that. And uh, so then, you know, we spend the weekend together and it's Thanksgiving weekend and so there's a lot of food involved. You're eating a lot. Now, something that you should know about me and I think it's probably something that if we're all honest, it's true of all of us. I don't like pooping in other people's bathrooms. 
especially the bathroom of a brand new girlfriend who lives in a house that is no bigger, maybe a little bit bigger than this kitchen. It is a small, tiny house. And the bathroom is right next to like the main like area. And there's no fan. And there's no tub to turn on. <laughs> so I go three days just holding it. Just, just clenching for dear life, right? The best thing about uh, having a girlfriend in Chicago, the Chicagoland area, the best thing about that when you don't like to poop in other people's houses is on the way back, there's a thing called the Belvedere Oasis. The Belvedere Oasis is great because it's got a gas station, it's got Panda Express. At the time, it had Krispy Kreme donuts. It was awesome. It had bathrooms, a men's room and a women's room, and then it had two glorious bathrooms called the family bathroom, where you can take your family for some reason, I assume. So I, I get to, before I get to Belvedere Oasis, I fill up with some gas right by my girlfriend's house, and I bought a Dr. Pepper. Then I get on the interstate, and I open the Dr. Pepper, and it had been shooken up. So shooken or shaked, uh, whatever. Uh, gets all over my hands. Don't have anything to like wash and dry my hands with, so it just dries and gets sticky on my hands. So now I've got two reasons I'm excited to get to that family bathroom, because my hands are sticky and the other thing. Um, and so I, I get to the Belvedere Oasis. You know, you know the thing, that weird body thing where as you get closer to a toilet that you will use, things like just start loosening up. And like the, every quarter mile, it's like, oh, clench a little harder. <laughs> and so I am, I am just ripped to get to the Belvedere Oasis. I, I cannot contain myself, literally. <laughs> so I get to the Belvedere Oasis. I slam it in park, barely even turn off my car. And I like get out and I am walking like this. Because all you can do is waddle when it's been three days. So I get in, I go to the family bathroom, open the door. The greatest thing about the family bathroom is the outside door locks. You can lock that door, the sink, the urinal, the stall. You're alone, unless you have your family with you. Uh, so I go into this bathroom, I lock that door, I turn on the water and wash my hands because nobody wants to do what I'm about to do with sticky hands. And I don't know why I did this, but I, for some reason, took the time to adjust my hair, kind of like splash some water on my face, and admire myself in the mirror. And have you ever had one of those days where you just, you're just really feeling yourself? Well, I was having one of those days. And I looked at myself in the mirror, and just like this, I said, you look good. And then I turn to the stall, because that's why I'm here, let's be honest. I turn and I push, door is stuck. It happens, it's an old bathroom. Push a little harder, door is still stuck. I then pound on the door, because I'm impatient now. It's been three fucking days. <laughs> door still won't open. So then I take this hand and I wrap it up here on top of the door. And then I take my second hand, I see what I did there. And wrap it around the top of the door as well. And then in this voice, violently shake the door and say, open up! And I heard, hee, 
And that's when I realized this door is not stuck. This door is locked. <laughs> and you know how a bathroom stall, they have that space in between the door and the rest of the stall. If you kind of do one of these, you can see everything. So I did one of these, and there's just this tiny, little, feeble old woman shaking in a ball on the toilet. And I am fucked. <laughs> I, everything replays in my head. She hears the door open. She hears it close and lock. She hears the sicko wash his hands for some reason say, you look good. And then a psychopath tries to break down the door of the stall that she is occupying. Everything that has transpired adds up to sexual assault. And I realize this as an 18-year-old, fresh-faced, barely-can-grow-a-beard kid. And I'm like, I don't want to go to Chicago jail. <laughs> so who cares about a clench at that point? I ran as fast as I could out of that family bathroom, past the Krispy Kreme donuts, past the Panda Express, and into the other family bathroom <laughs> where I was finally able to grace the throne, as it were. And then uh, I finished up. I'll spare you the details. <laughs> and then I get in line for Krispy Kreme donuts because who, who doesn't want a dozen Krispy Kremes after that? So I'm standing there in line. I'm like, let's see. Do I want the, just the glaze? Do I want a sprinkle? Uh, I don't know. The glazed are pretty good, just plain. So. And then I kind of like turn and beelining towards me is this little feeble old woman. I'm like, <gasps> but I stayed there because donuts are good. That's my story. Thank you. You know, I've been telling that story for years, and I don't know that it's ever been told better than that moment. Hey, I wanted to let you know that uh, we appreciate all of you listeners, and if you could do us a favor, hit the subscribe button, leave us a rating and a review so that people can find the show, and reviews help us know what you're thinking and what you'd like to see different about the show. Also, just so you know, you can play a bigger part in supporting the show if you go to patreon.com slash madisonstoryslam. Big shout out to our current Patreon people. That's Emmy Giovanni, Ben Klebzig, and Alma Cook. Big thank you to all of you who support us that way. It means so much. All right, here's Daniel. What's up, everybody? I've got three stories to tell, all about one different scar about an inch away from my right eye. Three different incidents. First one happened, I was about seven or eight years old. I'm in my aunt's apartment. She's having a party. A bunch of her friends and their kids are over. I was the type of kid that I just kind of sat by myself reading a book or looking at something really cool, in my opinion, while every other kid was around doing more fun things and running around and doing those sort of uh, kids' things. Um, but I was sitting in my, my cousin's room, uh, two girl cousins, and they both had really fancy, bougie canopy beds. Uh, and so I was sitting on one of them, just doing whatever I was doing. And so some kids are running around playing tag, and... One kid who's trying to evade the person trying to tag him comes around to the bed and tries to whip that corner really fast and hard, you know, so he grabs the pole, whips it really fast, pops the pole right out, the pole that's right next to me sitting on the bed, pole is gone, the kid's on the floor, I look up, canopy is crashing down on top of me, right smack in the middle of my face, right on my nose. So I can't tell. All I, know, I, all I know is that it hurts. And then everybody's screaming and they're looking at me. They're like, oh my goodness, he's bleeding from his eyes. I'm like, and I run over to the mirror. I'm like, ah, I see what looks like 
the equivalent to a flux capacitor where the circuits are blood. So it starts at the corner of my eyes, right down to the bridge, down my face, down my lips. And I'm like, where's my mommy? Like, I'm just screaming because I got blood on my face. And I think I'm bleeding from my eyes because that's what it looked like. So they run, they get my mom. My mom comes in. She's like, okay, you know, chill out, chill out, sit down. She sits down, she looks at it. You know, we, we go to the bathroom and wipe it all off. And it's clearly just one um, point of impact right in the center of my nose here. And so, like, my mom's, like, cool as shit. So she comes along. She's like, okay, what do we got for this? Just medical tape. That's it. We don't have any Band-Aids or anything else. I got this. Give me that. She's she's like a Puerto Rican MacGyver. She, like, constructs butterfly stitches out of just the the medical tape on my face. She's like, ah, you're fine. Okay. And so school pictures that year really sucked because I just had this big thing on my face there. But to this day, and you can't see it if you just look right at me, but if you get really close and I make this face at you, I know I'm being weird. It's because of how I am. But you can really see that scar on the, right smack in the middle of my nose. Fast forward a few years. I'm about 16. And I'm at home at our apartment, me, my mother, my sisters. And I'm playing with basketball in the house. We all know the number one rule, you know, playing with balls in the house. My mom is sitting, playing Dr. Mario or Legend of Zelda, whatever my mom was into at that time. And I'm behind her, and I'm working on my, my form, my shooting form with the basketball. You know, it's all about the follow-through. You've got to get that flick of the wrist going on. So I'm just, like, ball up in the air. And for the most part, I'm on target. It comes right back down to me. But every now and then, the ball gets away from me. And my, I hear my mother... Daniel, and that's how I know when I'm in trouble when she says my name with a Spanish accent. Daniel, no playing balls in the house. All right, I'm not playing. I'm just throwing it up in the air. So I grab it. She goes back to playing her game. I start doing some more. And like I said, every now and then it gets away from me. This time it got away from me. I was right behind my mother doing it. And no, I know what you're all thinking. It landed and hit my mother. But no, it didn't. Instead, it went up, went behind me, and I turn around just to kind of catch it. As, pause, earlier that day, my mother was sitting at the coffee table here doing the bills. With the bills was a letter opener made of steel, also hanging that far off the edge of the table. Guess where the ball landed? (laughs) Caught me like a ninja star right to my eyebrow. It did not stick, but it hit me hard enough, bounced down, and woke me the fuck up. You know, I couldn't say anything to my mother because I'd really be in trouble. So I was just, oh, sh-. <laughs> and as I'm walking past her, you know, the ball then, dun, dun, dun. Daniel, que yo te dije? Like, what did I tell you? No playing balls in the house. So I run to the bathroom, and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, my, my eyebrow, like, swelled up. And, like, it was a, a vertical scar. So it was kind of like, you know, through the hair. It was just, like, talking at me sideways. <laughs> And I was like, oh my goodness, what can I do? I was more scared of what would happen if I told my mother that happened because I didn't listen to what she was saying before. So I like, you know, snuck past her again, went to the, the, uh, the, the kitchen and got some ice, put it on there. I was like, okay, I've seen this enough. I kind of know what to do. You just put some ice on it. It'll swell down. It'll, it'll be fine. It'll stop bleeding eventually. It did stop bleeding eventually. This scar is more visible than the other scars. But I did remember that I had to listen to what my mother tells me because mom knows the best for sure. 
The last car, I was out of mom's house. This time I was living with my girlfriend. I was about 22. And she and I like to play games. I mean, clearly it runs in the family. And so we're in the living room, and we're sitting down, and we're playing Mario 64. Actually, Mario Kart 64. And we're in front of the TV. She's here next to me. I'm here. And I was one of those, I'm, I am one of those pain-in-the-ass Mario Kart players that is in first place and waits a little before the finish line so I can catch the next person before, you know, before I go across the line. And I was one of those pains in the asses. And so I beat her at the game. And, like, we're there, you know, we got our soda here. Yeah. I, uh, like, a Reese's peanut butter cups for the victor. And so I beat her. And I'm like, yeah, in your face. Ha, it's mine. And I look for the chocolate, and it's not there. And I look over my shoulder, and there's her little pain-in-the-ass dog, Pekingese. Her name was Daisy. She was a little shit. She took the chocolate and went over under the table, thought she was hiding, just like, my precious, eating it in the corner. And I'm like, I mean, aside from the fact that I know it's bad to let dogs eat chocolate, that's my chocolate. Give me, give me that chocolate. So I turn, I drop the control, I turn, and I'm crawling after this little piece of army crawl under the table in the dining room. And she's there. As I, as I get closer, she tries to run away. And I said, give me that. And I reach out. I grab it from her under the table. And I'm like, give me that, stupid fucking dog. The corner of the table was right there, right there. Caught me in my eyebrow about an eighth of an inch away from basketball incident. So this time I do go to the hospital, and they pretty much do everything that my mom did before, what I did before, you know, they got the swelling down, they got the real stitches in there. And so, you know, it, it was all covered up, and so I called my mother after that, and I said, Ma, yeah, you know, she wanted to know what happened, why, why I went to the hospital. I said, you know, the dog took my chocolate, and I had to get my chocolate back. <laughs> And so she said, well, you should have let him have the chocolate. Maybe it would have learned his lesson, you know, and stop bothering you. That's what you get for being a grown man fighting with a little dog over some chocolate. So with all these three stories, it's always a reminder when I think back to them. And there are two things that always come to mind. One, it's all fun and games until someone gets hurt. Two, mother really does know best. Thank you. Thank you so much, Daniel Rivera, for sharing that great story about how mom knows best. Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning in on this episode of Madison Story Slam. Hope you enjoyed my story and Daniel's story. I know we both had a blast sharing them at our live events. Speaking of the live events, we are helping Midwest Indie Comedy on Friday, May 10th at Nomad World Pub here in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, you should come on out for tragedy plus time equals comedy. I believe tickets are $5, and uh, it's going to be a great time with some comedy and some stories, and you won't want to miss it. And then on Saturday, May 18th, uh, our regular Story Slam event is happening. The theme is transition, so come tell stories about times that you have transitioned out of a job, out of a marriage, any other way. And we want you to know that while we didn't specifically choose this theme to hear gender transition stories, you are welcome. Those stories are welcome. This is a safe place. And then finally on Thursday, May 23rd at Stateline Distillery for the very first time, we're doing a story slam there. 
The theme is with a twist, so come on out, have a drink with us, tell a story, hear a story. It's going to be great fun. We'll see you next time. And as always, I love you.